All right, cool. The recording is on and ready. We are ready to go. What? Fourth episode? Yeah, fourth episode. Well, you know, hey everyone, Kohei Mura from the Existentialist Non Grata. Today on the agenda, we are at the at the halfway point of the Brothers Karamazov. So, making big progress here. Uh, if you checked in the last episode, what we did was. The Grand Inquisitor, right? We talked a lot about the Grand Inquisitor. And it was a dark... Uh, it, it was a very dark... How do you say? I guess it was a dark, very dark set of chapters about Ivan and his saw process. And now we're going to almost see a the opposite side, right? Right with Zosima and his saw process. Uh, so that's the topic, right? Book 6. Chapter 1, 2, and 3. Okay, so, are you guys all there? Yes. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Alright, cool. So, like I said, um, we're gonna start with the, um, of, of course, at the beginning of the uh, book six so but that, but we're gonna spend a very short time on that because not a lot of philosophies there the philosophies uh, at the uh, teachings of elders Zosima mostly so just to um, r recap right just to start off that little section that little book six what we see is we see Zosima dying of course and we see the people gathering around him right Alosha and the other monks and all that and we see Zosima recalling his, you know, recording his past, a, a story from his past. What he tells us is that, you know, his, his story, he, he grew up, um, just, he grew up uh, with his brother dying young. And then later he went to go to the military. He was... He, nothing eventful happened, I believe, except for one time he got himself in a duel, which he was fired upon and then he refused to fire back, at which point he decided to go to the monastery. That's basically the, um, the TLDR of what happens in his past before we get into his whole talk with the murder. So until that point, do you guys have any uh, thoughts on until we, until he gets into the mur, until he talks with the murder? Do you guys have any uh, thoughts um, before then? Uh, key things that stuck out to me uh, before you guys uh, speak is is even even before he became a monk, right? Even or. A pr whatever priest monk whatever even before he came that you you saw you saw traits of the father Zosima elder Zosima even before he became one right you saw it in his forgiveness you saw it in his um, uh, refusal to do harm and I think a lot of that was you could say was shaped by his experiences with his brother dying but I think it's it's also very akin to Alosha in how, you know, it's just uh, 
he was just he's just by nature that kind of person. So do you guys have any thoughts on young Zosima? Yeah, I guess you know uh, Dostoevsky uh, despite being an European liberal he had this intrinsic faith in uh, a spirit therapy you must say we can we can elaborate on that later I think Father Zuzima uh, I think uh, imbibes uh, that from Dostoevsky I mean he was a sort a bit predisposed to faith I would I would like to say yeah Yeah and just just to hear you right um Just, did you say Dostoevsky was a liberal or he was illiberal? Because he he was no 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 he was a, he was a European liberal, but he, he, he did he, he, did did believe uh, in in the power of uh, spiritual therapy, I guess because because his mother mother I guess was a believer and he couldn't shun that uh, in, sort of uh, influence maybe unintentional influence as well. That is why he goes back to uh, things like redemptive power of suffering on earth and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, if I recall correctly, right, by the time he wrote The Brothers of Karamazov, he dropped all notions of liberalism or socialism or a, 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 anything uh, center or center left. Well, yeah, sure, because he was, um, the reason that he was imprisoned in the first place was because he was a liberal and he was in a, like a socialist spherical, though he was not very a very active liberal, liberal but, but, but he was one he was young and then he uh, went to the prison and started reading John's gospel and so that's kind of transformative for him and and you can see that surely in Father Zosima like he has a near-death experience and then he comes to comes to faith and then comes to think uh, that that's the place to go yeah but he was at, at a point of time that's what I wanted to say yeah that's that's a transformation as Augustine put it yeah And you know, you could almost, if you really wanted to stretch things out a bit, right? If you really wanted to read too much into it, I suppose is the right word, right? You could definitely say that the duel that Zosima had, you could almost compare it to the uh, the shooting squad that Dostoevsky had to go through, right? So. Both involved a uh, life-threatening experience. Both of them, uh, in in both cases, uh, what one of the parties didn't shoot, the other party missed, and in in either case, no nobody really died, and that really was when um, the Zosima and Dostoevsky announced that he was going the opposite direction in his belief systems, right? It's very possible that uh, m the military to Zosima was the prison to Dostoevsky. So we see some of that there. And yeah, basically, ba basically we see uh, very keen parallels between Zosima and Dostoevsky. And so it would make sense that we see parallels between Dostoevsky, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Zosima and Alosha. Which actually, to you know, just to uh, add on to that, um, 
that change in belief system is confronted by the murderer, who we'll get into in just a moment. But I just wanted to uh, touch on the murder. But before we do that, do you guys have any other things to say on everything before he encounters the murder? Because when he encounters the murder, that's when all the philosophy happens. And that's what, what, you know, as you know, that's what I want to focus on. So, do you guys have any things to say about uh, Zosima before he becomes a monk, before he meets the murder? Um, yeah, I would also note that not only there was the, uh, the duel that, ch that was the changing point, uh, it was before that, uh, his um, encounter with his um, um, servant, when he slaps him, and then the next day he's very uh, apologetic about it, and he understands that, like, wh why should I have the right to slap another human being? Um, and and that's when he um, changes his, changes his mind about the duel, uh, and I think that is quite an important point in this, at least in 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 this uh, part that we're going to be talking about. There is something. Father Zosima afterwards as well talks about like how what's the relationship between servants and and their masters and and who should be the servant of whom. Yeah. Actually, I I totally overlooked that part, right? Um. And Sanian, you you said you said before there was like a transformative uh, moment for. Zosima, and you could definitely say that the the moment that he slapped the uh, servant, and then he apologized to it. I mean, on on the surface level, that just shows that you know uh, he concludes. I guess he 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 inquires and concludes that. Uh, no, everyone is equal. No matter and like, e equal and like human worse. I I guess. And that basically ties into his uh, re religious values, I suppose. Um, also, yeah. Also, you know, I I guess. Uh, he was someone who, who believed that uh, the spiritual awakening or whatever you call it, or uh, like we talked about uh, cos cosmic justice uh, in the last session, right? Uh, we talked about how it is not concretized. And if you if you see what Father Zazima teaches, you get somewhat of an outline of an answer because it's, I mean, uh, he says that uh, you know i mean he he talks about he talks about individualism he talks about the you know deepening spiritual crisis of the time and he says that you know isolation is not the way out uh, we have to be responsible for each other it's a process cosmic justice if you are aspiring if even even atheists are uh, questioning cosmic justice so it's a process it's not it's not an edifice he even says that you know scoffers uh, Sorry, scoffers uh, may think that uh, ours is a, uh, a distant dream, 
but uh, do they do they have an edifying uh, justice i mean edify edifying just order uh, to uh, rely on to bank on i mean so like everybody is without everybody has that it, it's 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 in us so it, spiritual process is in us so that is why you know whether whether whenever he's uh, like uh, he he gave that example of uh, joseph i believe who was who was sold off by his brothers and then uh, years later he uh, the brothers come to his country he is the ruler by then and then he torments and he and he recognizes his brothers and torments them with his love and so so uh, the brothers are tormented so so you know i i guess the external forces which have which have, which have, which, have, which have played uh, such a such a such a important role in the brothers in what they were they were I and mean, i i mean uh, they resorted to such crime of uh, selling their uh, little brother away so uh, they they had it in them love was in them they 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 it's not that uh, it was lying dormant it, it was not something they created out of the blue yeah so i i guess he what he means the uh, the spiritual process the the spiritual growth is within us i mean it's not it, it's something we rediscover not something which we create outside Um, that's very interesting that you mentioned that um, because, well, there is the moment when Zosima's brother dies, and so uh, when the brother is is before, before he's dying, he's an he is an atheist and he doesn't. And then when he becomes sick, he says, "Okay, I'll go to confession because just to console my mother." And then afterwards, he has this sort of a transformation where he starts to like. Uh, talk about the same thing that Zosim afterwards talked about, about like how we are all sinners and we are all responsible for everybody's sins. And I think maybe that's also the, the theme of like, while well, you're alive and well, then you, you may well be an atheist, but when, you're st when you start dying, then, then, you, uh, then you do actually come back to that sort of uh, spiritual side or whatever you may call it. Hello everyone. If my voice sounds different to you as if this is another recording, that's because it is. It's kind of confusing as to what's exactly, how to explain what's exactly happening here. But what happened was during the conversation, I was unable to record my part, even though the people during the recording were able to hear me. So they were able to hear me, but they weren't, but it was, but the recording wasn't picked up. Thankfully, I remember what I've been saying, me and the participants of this conversation uh, went together and we pieced together what I was saying. So during these empty spots of uh, silence, right, uh, I'm just gonna record uh, a new set of um, uh, spoken word which basically goes repeats or paraphrases what I've been saying in the in the original recording. So here, um, Augustine was pointing out how it was Zosima, the death of Zosima's brother, that um, made him uh, uncover the spiritual uh, essence that was dormant inside of him, right? And I rebuttal that with by by saying maybe it wasn't that there was. Maybe it isn't that you find the truth when something traumatic happens, like the death of your brother. Instead, what happens is that when the when a, such a traumatic event happens, uh, you find a spiritual truth because you have to. Uh, 
it doesn't matter if it's true or not, right? It's that it is so traumatic that your sanity depends on it, right? So your sanity requires you to believe in some kind of a spiritual um, truth. So, and I, and during the original recording, I gave countless examples where in part one of the book, right? Part one of the book, the there were countless women who went to Zosima in the church and they had to believe in Zosima and his teachings not because it is true not because Zosima is right but because their sanity depends on it right even if even if um what Zosima is saying is not true these women would still have to believe in it because they have to they went through the traumatic experience such that if they have uh no one like Zosima they would be insane and they would lose all hope correct so that's this is what I'm, I was basically saying now I think I'm correct in here Augustine doesn't and this is what uh, happens this is what kind of like the conversation that we continue on but yeah to basically summarize um, um my argument I basically pointed out that even if uh, even if uh, someone were even if someone were to realize that something is not true uh, it would make them insane otherwise so it's not it's truthfulness that's making you believing in it but the fact that you're insane without it anyways uh yeah so that's basically my argument and then augustine uh counters that by saying we had it before but she wants to continue no i i um okay sorry you no 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 you go ahead go ahead yeah. um sure uh well I mean, we ha we had this argument before. I would just say that well, you come from the point, you talk from the point, um, and stop me if we should really be talking about something else. But if not, then uh, I, I, I sure okay then <laughs> okay yeah, I'll take try be brief. Um, so you're talking about from the viewpoint of when we are healthy, then we are human, and when we are not healthy then we are something less than a human and so the other viewpoint and i'm i still get the sense that that's the point that dostoevsky is trying to 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 make here because i mean dostoevsky created father zosima but he but he also wrote uh, uh smedyakov so he's not in, ignorant to this point of view but uh the, but by providing uh, these countless of examples of like people coming to faith in in desperate times and i think i do get the sense and maybe and that's probably subjective but when when the brother is sick that well it's not really that you need to believe it but it's more that we all have it in us inside of us and that and and i think that these may be well two contending viewpoints about the same thing and i don't think either of them uh is it is worse than the other like either you also believe in it so you think okay so it's all in all of us and we're just ignorant and you say no it's not in all of us when we are hopeless then we need it but i i don't i don't see which is the stronger point here objectively um so you may want to argue about that but well yeah you're looking from the point of yeah when we're healthy then we, then we are the real skews that we are but Maybe now we have this uh, premonition that that it's it's like that because most of the people are overwhelmingly better than the people in the village in the 1850s. Like in that village, 
the natural standard of life is dying at 40 and all and having an ailment was just a natural thing so the natural state of being is being miserable and and so i i don't think that you're start uh, uh well yeah maybe you have something to say about that all right so yeah just to just again basically anything that uh other people say uh, it's been recorded already, and my voice, uh, it's been, it's, I'm recording right now, until the one hour mark, then the recording comes back on, so right now it's, it's my, uh, new voice, right, I'm recording it after the first recording, but anyways, yes, so Augustine points out that, um, uh, you know, Dostoevsky isn't ignorant of my point of view, that's why he created Smirnikov, uh, to, to provide examples of how, uh, maybe these disparate people, they have to believe in a deity to save their own sanity, right? And so that's that's basically my me and Smirnikov, that's where we agree. And uh, another way to put it is instead of truths, you could use the word ideals, right? So the question is, where do our ideals come from? This is the main question. This is the main topic that we're going on. Where do our ideals come from? Do do we have? Um, is it something that we uh, find, or is it something? Is it something that we find after hardships, or is it something that we have to uh, create in order to cope with our hardships? Right. So I'm definitely with the uh, uh, creating a creating these ideals, right? And then whereas Augustine is saying, well, no, 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 no. Uh, when you go through tough times, that's when uh, you uncover them. So it was there within you all the time. And um, I, I agree with um, her there in that you have some kind of latent predisposition towards ideals. But that doesn't mean that you will always believe them, right? So I might have a predisposition to be uh, to play a certain sport. But if I never encounter it, then I might never end up playing it right but then so we agree with you we agree i agree with augustine there that i yes we do have a predisposition to certain activities certain ideals certain belief systems however where we do disagree is the notion that uh we um uncover them and we we see it as the truth no i don't see it at right we don't see my point is that we don't see it as the truth because it is true but we see it as truth because we have to believe that it is true for our own sanity so let's say that uh, I have a predisposition to play soccer and I have a traumatic experiences which makes me uh, which makes my sanity depend on the fact that I have to play soccer. Well now it's not it doesn't matter if it's true that I have to play soccer or not, but it is true that my sanity depends on it, so I'm going to believe that it is true that I have to play soccer. And this is where we this is where Augustine and I diverge, right? So one more time, Augustine and I think that we have latent predispositions towards certain belief systems and I think that we end up believing them out of a cope because it's necessary for our own sake whereas what, Augustine what says that it's uh, you said that we were supposed to uh, address it sorry about that and then Augustine says that well no 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 it's not that we have to it's not it's not that we believe it because it has to be true but we believe it because it is true right um just just for context here um augustine's a christian and i'm not uh anyways so that is 
basically um, me talking. Um, and that, that was basically my entire point, right? Um, just to uh, fill you in some more context. So the way I know, I'm, I'm not just making this out of thin air, right? What I'm, the words I'm speaking, I'm not making it out of thin air. These are based off of notes that I take during the recording. And these are notes that I take from hearing the first recording of uh, uh, Saniani and Augustine. And from what they say, I can remember what I've been saying, right? So um, what you're going to hear now is uh, Saniani speaking about how um, it is a process of discovery, right? So your ideals are a process of discovery and not an overnight sensation, right? So, um, yes. So I'll, I'll take her away. Yeah, you know, despite, I, I guess I, I agree with you there. Uh, I mean, because despite uh, Father Zuzima sort of uh, going, I mean, sort of uh, telling us that uh, whatever uh, spiritual ideals you're aspiring for, it's actually a... a, a a, a process it, 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 it's it's a it's a gradual process rather than an overnight uh, discovery or creation uh, i guess he still says that uh, he right, when cool. when he takes on he still says that uh, if if ours is a, if you say that ours is a distant dream then what you, then give us a give us an enduring uh, sort of edifying uh, order of justice so i think we if if it uh, doesn't matter if i'm i'm a believer or an atheist i guess we all are we all are enslaved to the uh, to that to that uh, maybe quest for that edifying uh, order of justice which does not exist maybe Right, so um, Sanyani just uh, raised a really great point on the topic of enslavement, right? And with the context is like, um, if uh, if we have to believe, if we believe in something because we have to believe in it, are we not enslaved? And I'm saying that no matter if it is a deity that we are following, if it's not a deity, um, it doesn't matter because we're both we're all enslaved to our ideals, right? Ideals are what uh, influ influences us to have. To aim in a direction and go at that uh, direction. So the way I understand it, right, the way I put it is basically that uh, a deity, a god, is uh, ideals personified, and egoism is ideals integrated, incorporated. And I probably don't have to tell you which one I advocate for, even though they are technically, to my eyes, both um, uh, forms of enslavement. Now, in any case, I go on and say. I, I give an examples of how I have predispositions to what we like, right? So, uh, whenever you like, so the example I used was whenever you like a musician, an artist, uh, a philosopher, any certain celebrity, whatever, you know, you take a quick glance at him and your first impression says that you like him or you don't like him. And why is it the case that your first impressions are often correct? And I argue that there is something there's something about the first impression. There's something about the music that you listen to. There's something about the painting, the color schemes, anything that you see that grabs you intuitively, even though you cannot logically uh, define what it is that is so attractive to you. And I think that it is speaking to your latent predispositions towards uh, being attracted to something like that, right? And then it is this that and is this a latent predisposition uh is it something that we are born with or is it something that is embedded in us from an early age i don't know so i i said well you know um augustine's born in a christian country so that explains why she's probably a christian but i i raised the hypothetical question or hypothetical theory that 
had Augustine um, been born in a country with religions of all equal influence, right? Inf- uh, had with all equal influence, she would have believed the one that she was most predisposed to, right? What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is, so because we have latent predispositions, um, it, it is not the case that she would, she would guarantee to follow Christianity if every religion had the equal influence on her, right? If every religion had the same status in society, the same level of, you know, being the status quo, being the standard, then the one with the doctrines that most fit her predisposition will be the one that she would end up following. And so, yes, that's basically the debate is um, are are the uh, ideals and the truths that we follow, are they intrinsic or and we uh, accept them to cope or are they are they intrinsic and we discover it because it's true? That's the that's basically the thing. And um, you'll hear uh, Augustine mention later about how. Uh, you know, um, women are more likely to go to church, right? That's a good one that supports my theory because that basically means that women have a predisposition to go to church. There's something about the church and there's something about women's predisposition to about the church uh, related toward the church that makes them go to church. So that definitely supports my uh, theory. Anyways, yes, so I believe Augustine is going to talk uh, soon. Well, I think that's the same debate. Whether the debate, whether the ideals are intrinsic and we are the discoverers of the idea. Wait, uh, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, either it's intrinsic and we are the discoverers of the um, uh, ideals through the religion, or we, we, we want... Something's not working, sorry. Um, or we want the ideals and then we, like, person personify them through the religion so yeah that's that's a two-sided coin i think right so you know uh, again this is me recording afterwards um so this has very almost lovecraftian vibes like hp lovecraft kind of thing right it is a characteristic of many cosmic horror stories where people know too much of them they become insane and to combat this uh, people don't believe even if it is true on the other hand, in the context of this story on the Brothers Karamazov with my own um, own series, right? Well, I think that people will believe in potential falsehoods because they will lose their sanity if they did not believe in it, right? This is why I pointed out that church attracts the unfortunate because of because for the sake of their sanity, they need to believe in a savior or a higher power. It doesn't matter that there is no uh, there is there is no God. To them, it has to exist, right? If if you work so hard to uh, get the cookie in the cookie jar, right? Let's say let's say there's an opaque jar, and you work you go hell and back to the uh, to get the the cookie jar on the top shelf. It doesn't matter if there is no cookie or in, cookie or not. To you, you are going to you are most you ha- your sanity depends on the fact that you believe that there is cookies in the cookie jar, right? If you, if you, assuming that you did go out and back to just get the cookie jar. So, and then this raises the question, right? This raises huge implications on, 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 
on uh, the validity of our belief systems, right? So, because if someone claims to be true, if someone claims to have the truth, right, and that what they say is true or whatever, does it even matter if what they say is true if we, if it's up to our own predisposition and our own sanity uh, that decides if we believe it or not, right? So, someone could give me so many lies, so many falsehoods, so many uh, tricks up their sleeves, but if I have the predisposition to believe it, then it doesn't matter how, um, how absurd their lies are, I'm still going to believe it. And this has very uh, strong implications, right? If the church tells you that what they say is true, but I am predisposed to not believe it, then that's very problematic. If they, if the church tells me lies and I am predisposed to believe it, then that's also problematic, uh, de depending on what your standards are, of course, right? Um, for me, I couldn't really care less, but for someone like Augustine, of course, um, uh, she, she does and she points it out as much in, in a few minutes, right? So, yeah, th this, is, uh, this is the main, main topic of the point. And why, why, you know, while we just wait for um, Augustine to uh, speak again, like I, I just want you to uh, look at your own lives, right? So what do you believe in? And do you believe in because they're true? And if they were, do you, do you have beliefs that are empirically true, right? And if they are, uh, great, why, fine, whatever, not very relevant to the conversation. But what about the uh, things that you adamantly believe that are true, even though you've never been sourced on it, right? Let's say there's a certain person that you think is evil, or you think is good, or a certain activity that you think is evil, or you think is good, but you've never been really sourced on it. What if it's a subjective opinion, right? Doing this activity is good. That's a subjective opinion. Uh, do and So you have no objective reasons to believe why it's uh, true. So why do you believe it's true? Is it because your sanity depends on it? Right? If you hear bad news, if you hear bad news and you say, oh my god, that's bad news, why are you saying that? Is it because it is bad news? Is it because you truly think that it's bad news? Or is it because if you did not think that it is bad news, it would make you question your identity, make you question yourselves and say, wait a minute, if I don't think it's bad news, then what kind of person am I? What kind of morality do I have? So the moral truths that we have, the objective truths that we have, these value systems that we have, are they, are they out of integrity or are they out of trying to prevent us from becoming insane? So I, I, I want you to think of that um, while, uh, uh, while uh, we continue. But um, with that well, being said, Augustine's going to speak. I think that's problematic from if we're looking at if that was the way it was to work, then that's that's quite problematic because religions have a claim to truth, and if and and it's true, like for example, like there are mostly more women in churches than men, and 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 that's okay, sure. Uh, maybe m women are more uh, predisposed to spirituality. Um, and, and maybe they are easier to come to believe. And that's an example. Or, yeah, sure, there are people who are more likely to come to a religion. But that view, uh, if we make it like a, uh, a, a dogma, you should say, or a truth, 
then that's quite problematic because then there's no really there's no point to religions claiming truth because if truth is just a matter of what do you, what what you are predisposed to by nature or nurture then that's well then 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 it's obviously not true if if only it depends on on, on what you're predisposed to not what is really true All right, cool. So just to bring it back into the context of the book, right? Into the context of the book. So, you know, Zosima is uh, basically t uh, spitting these facts about uh, the church and their teachings. Well. Oh. Yeah, okay. Uh, about their teachings. And he's saying, yeah, bro, they're true, man. Alosha, listen up. It's true. But, like, you know, you have to remember that truth is a two-way street, right? So, yes, while it is true that even without our subjective opinion uh, something true is going to remain true at least that's how i see the truth however um to be accepted as true then that's a two-way street because not only does the truth have to present itself but we have to perceive the truth right so like for some people uh i mean people who can withstand the hardships they might be less inclined to believe in the higher power regardless of whether or not it is true that there is a higher power, which, which as um, Augustine pointed out, uh, really brings into the question if it even matters that religion have any pr truth to them. Does it matter if it's the case that it is up to us to be predisposed to it or not, right? So, you know, a lot of things to uh, think about here. So, yeah, so now um, I believe uh, Saniani is going to speak and, oops, Drop my phone. That's where I have my notes. Anyways, yeah, so now he's gonna then interject a in, uh, question about is it even possible to reject and challenge these predispositions and we and whether or not we can work on that. So we have. These I mean, I mean, is it is it uh, humanly possible to like uh, totally reject our uh, latent predisposition? I mean, of course you can work on that, and as Kohei said, uh, you can uh, obviously you can challenge your uh, predisposition as you grow up and whatever. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why Sanyani uh, ended up abruptly so quickly uh, yeah, okay, yeah. was because in the original recording, I interrupted her by saying, no, 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 I'm not well, saying... Well, obviously, I have, a, I have a problem with that view because, well, there is no really no... I, I just read the... Uh, I'll update you on the, the second silence. Lewis quote on that. Like, if Christianity is, it, is true, then it's of utmost value, and if it's not true, then it's of no value of, at all. Well, that's a paraphrase but 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 that's what he means and I, well yeah of course that there's no value in religion if if what you're following is not true because it has the um um the thing that in it is that like your actions have consequences and you if you do the right actions or in that sense the true actions the, the actions that will lead you uh, to, and we, we talked about this, to eternal life. Um, and that, se that seems to be the biggest, the, the, like, the biggest goal of religions. In short, it, uh, it varies. But uh, then if you do this, then you will do, will get, get there. And if you don't, then you won't. So it is of utmost importance that what you do is most certainly true. Otherwise, why are, why are you doing that? So, 
this is just another viewpoint, and make an argue about this uh, some other time. But 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 yeah. All right. So yeah, basically, uh, Augustine just concluded our our debate on the truth and its acceptance of it. I just wanted to uh, um, continue what I was talking to Saniani. So Saniani was like. Uh, is it even possible to reject and challenge uh, our predisposition like you said Kohei and I said no 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 I'm not saying that we should reject and challenge our predisposition I'm saying that we should integrate it understand what are what we are predisposed to and then um, if we if and then um, if we have any free will in the matter which is another topic uh, not for this one I believe if we have any free well we, we talked about free will in the last episode but if we have any free will then maybe we should choose to make these predispositions or ideals or not and then pursue them right so that's basically what i was saying so i'm basically saying yeah no 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 i am not saying we challenge our predispositions but that we integrate it make it a part of us by incorporating it and then augustine concludes it by saying you know yeah if if, if it is true then if christianity is true then it is of utmost value if it is not true then it is of no value and there is no value in religion if what religion says is not true right and so that that basically concludes our conversation to which i say in the first recording uh yeah we can basically uh uh you know argue about this until the cows come home so let us switch to the next topic so we are at the 40 minute mark now as you can see if you look at the uh, bottom of your video and so which means that we move on to part f right and which m means that as i which means now i'm going to summarize part efforts so zosima the dying uh uh, monk is like uh, yo 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 the upperclassmen um you know they're like very arrogant now because they think they can solve their problems he compares it to the uh, fact that historically the russian people were though not surviving independent so they they were you know they were uh surviving independent but they weren't but they weren't arrogant right and he sees the arrogance in the upperclassmen who are trying to devise a system of rationality for all man mankind Right, and some kind of utopian system that Dostoevsky talked about, where we try to solve our moral problems. Okay, so what does happen in so and then these are basically things that happen in the uh, next century after Dostoevsky dies. So there's a prophetic element in there, and what Dostoevsky says. But yes, that is the summary of um, part F, and then this is when um, uh, everyone talks about part F and about a. About how uh, Zosima is criticizing the upperclassmen, you know, which was basically like the, uh, like, I don't know, like the liberals, the socialists, uh, the college educated people, how they think that um, uh, science and rationality will solve all their problems, right? So, yes. So, um, just to conclude, we've moved on, completely moved on from the truth, topic of truth, and we are now switching gears to the. Um, to the topic of uh, first, we talk about where we find our truths, and now we're going to talk. And yes, and now we're talking about uh, where, how we can solve the problems that we have. So we have truths. We've we've gone away with truths, and now we're going to talk about the problems, right? And just and if if you're never read the book, Zosima talks about Zosima preaches that uh, our truth, our problems are should be solved by a ancient system of religion called the Russian Orthodox Church, right? The upperclassmen is saying that uh, we have to devise it our own because God won't be there for us. And then I'm saying that it is foolish to do both because you cannot possibly hope to 
uh, save the everyone's life and therefore this is why in the beginning I advocated that you integrate and you incorporate your uh, ideals and you strike out on your own right this is an individual task it's a very independent task where you try to realize your own ideals and to the best of your ability you create and live by your own values right so it's different from the collectivist uh, nature of both uh, Zusima's ancient uh, religion and up the upper classman's new uh, rationality uh, rationalized surrogate religion I should say so yes uh, we okay so one more minute all right so I, I, I guess I'll just take this time now that you know the gist of what's happening here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take sidetrack a bit and basically just apologize if, you know, maybe you don't like the audio quality of this because I know that I butcher the recording, right? This is why I'm talking, um, talking back. If you, if you don't want to hear my apology, you could just uh, skip to the 45 minute, 15 second mark, which is in about 45 seconds anyway. So, you know, it's, it's not a long one, but Yes, so basically I apologize for that. Next time I'll make sure that uh, my the first recording will be recorded. Um, with that being said, you know if you uh, if you want to check out the next video, uh, that will be in about next uh, week, about Tuesday or Thursday. Of course, right now in January, it's being recorded at January. We have the Oymansville Book Club, written by Ernst Jünger. That is one of my favorite books. Uh, do check that out. Do read the book. Uh, next month, we'll be reading The Possessed by Dostoevsky and continue the Brothers of well, Karamazov. Oh, Augustine's talking. There you a, go. Yeah. Uh, it seems to me that what he's talking about is really what happened, is what happened a century later with, uh, with, uh, with, with the poor um, uh, rebelling against the rich and, uh, and taking power and yeah, that's what Zosima talks about. That's what um, he talks about the dangers of people thinking that science can answer all our moral questions. But also the in inevitability of the fact that we need some morals to, to, you know, why should not we kill another person? All right, cool. So, yes. So she just, uh, Augustine just pointed out how uh, Dostoevsky's fears are coming to light with the whole um, uh, hype around um, rationality and all that and this uh, rebellion against ancient religion. And, you know, I just wanted to take this time to, so reading off my notes from what I said, I wanted to uh, dig up the Nietzsche again, right? Because Nietzsche also knew that uh, humanity's problem could... Uh, could not be solved by people, right? Uh, the people's, a person's problem could be solved by that person if that person was fit for it, right? But a, but the people's problem cannot be solved by the people. Only the person's problem can be solved by the person. So instead, a, so instead of, uh, you know, the upper classmen's uh, utopian, uh, I think that only a select few can rise above humanity. So there is a, com a uh, rather a, trichotomy if you will right between what i'm thinking what zosima is thinking and what the upperclassmen are thinking and that we're all different but we're all similar in a sense right so you know um, um the upperclassmen are saying okay so um do away with uh uh do away with religion we got rationality zosima is saying do away with rationality we got religion um, I am saying 
well, the 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 um, the fo- the question isn't rationality or religion. It is how well are you able to live by uh, whichever choice that you pick, right? So because the upperclassmen weren't able to live by religion, that's why they chose rationality. And people like Raskolnikov from uh, Crime and Punishment were not able to live by rash- pure rationality. That is why they collapsed and they turned to he collapsed and he turned to religion. So it's not about what choice that you pick, right? Because my theory is that you're already predisposed to pick one or the other, or both, maybe, or neither, if that's even possible. You're already predisposed to pick religion or rationality. You're already predisposed to already pick an answer, right? So the question isn't which one do you pick. The question is how well can you go about what you pick. Um, we will mention this later with the with how I point out that I don't care if someone as rational as Ivan ble- ends up believing in religion. Because if that's if that's the answer that he lands on, then I don't care what he believes in. I just care that he has integrity and he sticks to it, no matter what his what people like Musov will think of him. Um, so yes, that is um, basically what we talk about now. Soniani is gonna hop in now, and you know, uh, uh, Soniani is gonna point out how Zosima is saying that we should individually question your values, what and we should all find our personal. Um, truth. Right? Yeah, but uh, that's happening on the religious front as well, right? So you you mean to say that uh, Father Zuzima advocated individualism in the sense that you know he wanted people to question some notions which they are already predisposed to. Like if 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 uh, this is the person I like, this is the person I idealize, I should uh, question his ideals, his or her. Uh, something like that maybe maybe a constant constant quest uh, for truth i don't know i mean uh, what is his uh, higher uh, what is his personal truth i mean higher truth i mean whatever it is all right yeah so like i said sanyani just pointed out um what is our personal truth right and what is our ideal and uh, should we question it, right? But yeah, that that's almost yeah. That's what I said. I mean, uh, he is also. I mean, uh, that's that's what you said earlier. Now, I mean, that's a surrogate religion. There, this this higher classes are building. Uh, that was religion. That was surrogate religion. I mean, uh, uh, where does we question? Where does the uh, question of uh, integrating these uh, notions come from? Now, the surrogate religion that she just mentioned was the. Uh, rationality by the upperclassmen right in either in any case right so whether it's yeah you're right whether it's uh the upper upper <laughs> that, that that laugh was kind of yeah, yeah. That, that that laugh was kind of um fitting there anyways yes yeah, so whether it's uh rationality a surrogate religion or whether it's uh, actual religion um i'm basically uh, is pointed out well how do you even uh find your personal truths right and this is an objective truth but by personal truth we are talking about your ideals right how do we find that and I'm basically saying that. Well, those two yes. saying that we can Yes, that's, we, what, that I'm, we that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That you have indicated your personal truth. That is what Zosima, I think, wants people to do. But ironically, he doesn't also. Because mm-hmm. he wants people to... Yeah, because he wants people to believe God. I mean, that is not indication of truth. He does. He just doesn't. He he rejects uh, uh, the surrogate religion. He 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 wants to focus on God. I mean, that is that's what I'm saying. I mean, how how does the how does the question of I mean, in a way, he's partly right. He's pa- and partly wrong. 
of course. Yeah, so uh, when Sunny Annie says that the stream is partly right and partly wrong, well, we were pointed out how, yes, so as I was saying before uh, I was interrupted due to overlapping time, uh, time lapses, um, I'm basically saying that, yes, uh, we do have to question our uh, question, right? Things just as Zosima's question in uh, surrogate religion, right? So, like, partly right there that, yes, we do have to question. But then if he's just uh, 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 ha giving you a prescription of religion, then uh, we disagree with them there in that we are, we are not finding our personal truths, if you will. So, yeah, that is basically where uh, we agree and we disagree with... Um, um, Father Zosima, right? And, and so to an extent Dostoevsky. But like Dostoevsky is basically saying that we are unable to find this truth for ourselves, right? So Dostoevsky is basically, I'm saying that we have to find our personal truth. And Dostoevsky is like, yeah, you can try all you want, but you're never going to find it. Uh, and that's how he uh, expressed this through uh, the dream of a ridiculous man on crime and punishment. And he also states that we are unable to so, uh, create, uh, find this truth for humanity as a whole, which is indicated by uh, the brothers Karamazov, right? The the book that we we're reading right now. So, but then you know, um, um, like, if you if you didn't get the hint by now, I don't really care about the truth, right? As in, I don't really care what you believe. I just personally, I just care how well you believe it, uh, how well you stand by it. Because, um, I mean, uh, if 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 I'm wrong and you're right and I overpower you, then it doesn't really matter that you had the correct information. Because your correct information is now silenced, so it really what matters is uh, how well you uh, how well you can uh, have integrity with what you believe in, and so yeah, so th that just really cements the uh, ways in which uh, uh, we agree with Zosima and disagree with Zosima, and how we agree with Zosima, uh, the upperclassmen, and how we disagree with uh, the upperclassmen. Um. So yes, I I want everyone to find their truth, regardless of uh, whether or not it is true, right? Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, that that uh, that I think is problematic to a certain extent. Don't you think so? I mean, I know individual truths truths will lead to conflicts, but why do I uh, listen to Father Zuzima when he says that's the truth? If I if I refuse to believe, yeah, that I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, that's problematic because uh, that's what I'm saying. He's rejecting surrogate religion, but he is accepting religion as as the one all, which is problematic. Nothing is one all, right? Yeah. Right. So yeah. So now we're just like uh, riffing back and forth on how yes, we have to question things, we have to criticize these dogmas, but then um, Zosima is basically just criticizing the new dogma and going back to the old dogma. And of course, Dostoevsky has these reasons for it, right? Dostoevsky is saying that. Uh, whatever truth that we try to find is just going to be another new dogma, right? Whatever truth that we try to create for ourselves is just going to be another dogma. So just give up and just stick to the old dogma, right? To oversimplify and make to to oversimplify what Dostoevsky is pointing out. Now, on the problematic of uh, problematic nature of uh, individual uh, truths, uh, Saniani really made a good point here on how um, these. If we all follow our individual truths, right, that there's a very high chance that our individual truths do not uh, coexist with each other. They're not, um, they're not uh, able to exist with each other because they are conflicting truths, right? Uh, if I want, um, if I want to grow uh, strawberries and you want to grow bananas, then these are conflicting uh, personal truths. So, like, 
we, we, we recognize the flaws in that, in that, um, uh, that Zosima is complaining that we're going to have this, uh, disunity, we're going to have a uh, divide and conflict if we have, if we get rid of the old dogma. So we do admit that uh, there is going to be a problem. Yes, even, even if I have to believe it, right? You know, you know, in the previous session, Augustine asked you, what if you, what if Ivan ends up, uh, ends up uh, believing in God? And you said uh, he will believe in God uh, if, if he has his reasons. And that's what it's uh, sort of praiseworthy. And that's what, uh, that's what we, that's what we discussed, right? So if even if I have to believe in God, I will have my own only. I'll have my own. I'll I'll prefer embarking on my on my on my own truths to find that uh, one truth. Yeah. All right. So accident, right? So, um, like I said, even though there will be uh, conflicts if we follow our individual truths, um, at this, at oh, overall, if we look at all things considered, it's net positive. Um, um. Ah, yeah, that might be naive, you know, if you, especially if you really uh, uh, drive it to its extent. But anyways, uh, for, that's what we said in the original recording, so I can't change it now, right? I can change the specific words, but I can't change the main ideas. So that's what we said, so I'm going to have to repeat that. Now, um, and then she points out, Sonny Annie points out how Ivan, uh, Ivan, uh, is, you know, Augustine asked, well, what, Ivan's atheist, what if he believes in God? And I said, well, I don't care if he uh, wants to believe in God, then I... I don't care what he believes in, I care how well he believes in it. And this is where the concept of uh, arate comes Even in. I'm, I don't I'm, not, I'm not Greek, so I do not know how to pronounce A-R-E-T-E. But it is the, uh, to simplify, it is, it goes, it is a, uh, it is a principle that uh, it's not what you do, but how well you do it, right? So where, where a moral person would say, don't lie, those who follow Arate would learn to be a good liar if lying is their own personal truth. Uh, it is not doing the right thing, but to do it right. Uh, that that kind of parallels my uh, thoughts on Ivan here. Like, I don't care what Ivan believes. I just want uh, Ivan to uh, be to do good, to be well with that uh, his belief systems. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, th that. Basically, sums up the um, talk on uh on uh what the solutions that we have for ourselves so we know we, we we talked about what is true and how we know it's true and then we talked about okay well how do we apply it to solve our problems and now we are, we're gonna dive into the more uh pessimistic aspect of Dostoevsky by saying well, yeah, you know, either way, like we're doomed. Like he's saying that we can't. Like, sure, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, Latin he says that uh, you, uh, you are doomed. Uh, men have sinned so much go, that uh, we cannot. Uh, we are like rendered incapable of uh, redeeming ourselves. And I think uh, traditional orthodoxy, I, I guess, says that no, no, we are sinners, but we are born innocent, and we can still, uh, we can cho choose our own path. I think that I think that is that is better than, uh, uh, you know, what should I say? I mean, I don't know how to put it. I mean, that is better to uh, to exercise that choice is better than you know blindly believing something. Yeah. And it is at this point that I, uh, you know, now we're, now we're really uh, pecking at the problem of uh, one. Are do, we, doing what? <coughs> now we're pecking at the problem of uh, one, can we even follow the truth? And number two, 
uh, how bad will the conflict get between uh, humanity? So one good example that I bring up, one get case study that I bring up is Rashkarnikov from Crime and Punishment, right? So, so to the second I to the second problem, which is everyone, if everyone had their own ideals, we would all have our own conflict of interest. Uh, this is what Zosimas is afraid of, um, and this is what Rashkarnikov found out the hard way. Where you know, well, uh, I have my own ideals. Uh, I'm I'm like the next Napoleon, so I'm gonna go uh, do bad things because I'm above morality. And then he does it, and then he like you know, uh, he feels very badly. But and this is what Zosima is afraid of, right? But um, to me, like that that doesn't show that Rashkolnikov doesn't show that uh, humans are incapable of uh, transcending. It shows that. People as a whole, humankind as a whole, are incapable of transcending. And this is why crime and punishment is not a rebuttal of Nietzsche, because Nietzsche agreed with Dostoevsky in terms of crime and punishment, because they both think that only certain people can rise. And we know that Dostoevsky... You mean to say... We know that Dostoevsky... No, 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 continue, continue. Yes, I will continue. Man, this is so awkward with the uh, pre-recording stuff, like, telling me to continue, but, um, yes. Um, you know, uh, yes, see, Dostoevsky... In fact, thinks that people, some certain people can transcend, right? This is why uh, he mentions Napoleon. Yeah, actually, I wanted to ask you, like, uh, do you really believe that uh, Dostoevsky uh, actually believe that we are incapable of uh, uh, the uh, redemption, even seeking redemption? Uh, did you mean that? Yes, retro aspects, uh, Saniani, who is uh, not talking to me in real time. Yes, I do believe that because, um, well. I mean, hi history shows that you know people cannot um, um, people cannot live up to their own ideals, right? That's why they're ideals because it's something that we aim for. The, the very fact that we're aiming for something means that w we cannot always um, realize them. That's what we aim for, it, right? If we could always if we could always realize our uh, aims, then we wouldn't be aiming for it. We would be aiming for something higher, right? So, anyways, yes. Yeah, so Raskolnikov. Um, uh, was was among the uh, all too human, right? He cannot. But Dostoevsky uh, probably implicitly admitted that there are exceptional uh, few who can transcend that all too human. And that is why uh, Raskolnikov looked up to Napoleon, right? Napoleon yeah, was someone okay. that transcended. Uh, yes. And then, um, yeah, and then, uh, in, and then uh, Augustine says what about the dream yeah, of Raskolnikov okay, yeah. that what about the dream of Raskolnikov uh, but what what about the dream of Raskolnikov See, there you go before um he uh, in the epilogue what do you think about that oh no we don't have time but well I think that's sort of a Yeah, I, I'm basically explaining to her that she can continue because not, the time the time stamps isn't set in soda, so we're not out of time that she can keep continuing what she's about to say. Sure. Uh, uh, so the dream yeah. is where he dreams about, like, what if, uh, sort of like, what if all people wanted to become the Ubermensch and wanted to, uh, and and thought that they could create their own values, sort of, and started fighting about it and and killed each other about. Uh, each other about those ideals and and then there was well th that was his dream and and then he realized yeah 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 I'm stupid I can't I can't create my own values and I can't do this thing that you're suggesting and you also mentioned the contradiction you're 
I, um, you mentioned the contradiction yourself of like, if everybody had their own ideals, then there would obviously be a conflict of interests. And that's the weird relationship of ideals between the society and the individual, which religion has been very, if you would say, good at implementing, that it has something, it has a way to unite society as well as to give value to individual people and to give uh, individual people a way to live by which, well, that was a, a problematic thing for socialism. Oh, well, the same thing happened to Soviet Russia. They abandoned religion and theology altogether, and we all know where it landed them in. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm, yeah, my point is not about socialism, I guess. It's more about, yeah, how do you, imp do you think that realistically should we create our own values? Is that better? Oh, yeah, we have to create our own values because uh, this is life, and if you do not have any value systems as such, you're going to become resentful and nihilistic. Well, part of the journey is to create your own ideas and your ideologies and a part to follow the same. Yeah, but how do you reconcile the fact that you can, like, we don't want a society full of liars that are good at lying. Yeah, we, we, we do, and we don't want a society that's what you don't want. full of killers but that's who what are you very don't good want. at killing. That's, that's not what Arate is, which I pointed out earlier. Exactly. We all want to tell the truth in so much as we all want to be striving for the greater good of individualistic and for a societal as such. Well... If everybody started telling the truth and started to order themselves up to a higher ideal, well, I think then alone would society improve. No, no. You see, for me, for me, I, uh, I, I will, I don't stand by that, right? Um, I think that's that's what Dostoevsky is saying that we can't, it cannot happen because we cannot, we do not have the ability to be able to do that, right? And for for me, I'm, I'm, I'm more like I guess elitist, right? So. Those who can will rise to the top, right? Rashkarnikov could not rise to the top. That's why he, you know, and the dream is a uh, foreshadowing of that. The the dream isn't a foreshadowing that um, people cannot rise to the top. It's, it's a foreshadowing that most people cannot rise to the top. And we I know how to prove that because um, Rashkarnikov was inspired by Napoleon, right? Which means that there are people that can rise to the top, like Napoleon, and Raskolnikov was not another Napoleon. Exactly. Raskolnikov was a coward at heart. He was never a Napoleon. He just had a fleeting thought that if he could uh, sum up and kill enough people, he could become like that. But we all know that fellow is a coward and he just folded as soon as he killed one person. Well, in order for you to become a Napoleon, you have to have a great amount of and great propensity towards evil. And you have to keep uh, going down the same brutal path. And... Yeah, there's no way a Skolnikov could ever have become Napoleon. Correct, and I I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be so quick to call Napoleon evil either. But that's just uh, that's another topic on my uh, moral principles. No, no, it's all about willpower. Yes, exactly. Napoleon had the willpower, as Skolnikov did not. Well, Very we could good. say that if if he had the propensity to go down the same path, well, yeah, even he could have become one, but not really. He just sought out the most expedient way to do so. Correct. 
Yeah. So yeah, I hope Augustine. I hope that uh, answers your question about the dream. The dream isn't the dream in crime and punishment isn't saying that uh, we can't rise to the top. No, it's saying that most people can't rise to the top, and we know that it's not. We know that it's most people and not everyone that cannot rise to the top because Raskolnikov is inspired by someone who did rise to the top. Fair enough. Okay. Cool. Now, um, part F. You know, speaking of Nietzsche, that this is part F is when um. When. Zosima talks about children, right? Uh, above all, love children for they are without sin or something like that. Um, what do you make of that? Do you, do you think that Zosima and Nietzsche are t- referring to children in the same context? Because in, in Nietzsche, we see that the children, they represent people who have their own uh, values, right? Uh, this is why Nietzsche says that they are cl- the closest to the Ubermensch. However, with the Zosima, I get the sense that he was referring to children as people be- that who do, who do not have their own values, who are so ignorant that they have no sin. Well, exactly. Many, many religions and belief systems believe that people closest to God. And I think that has something to do with what Zosima is telling. Well, there has to be reason for them to believe that people that children are closest to God, right? Well, you just cannot sum up sum up with that one particular religion. Well, every sort of religion says that, and everywhere around the world say that children are closest to God. I, I, if I had to guess, man, if I had to guess, it would definitely be um, the propensity for, or the, yeah, the propensity for religious people to, um, um, What's the word? Be the propensity for religious people to support innocence, right? They they hold innocence to a high esteem. Can you guys hear me? One, two, one, yep, two. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So they 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 a lot of religions they they see innocence as this very good thing, and they see children as innocent, which. And then, and then, as we get older, uh, they claim that uh, you know we we have uh, uh, we have these faults, and we have to return to that childlike state, which is sort of like Nietzsche, but kind of different, because Nietzsche was more focused on the fact that children have their own values, and not so much uh, innocence. There's another thing. Well, I can only speak for Christianity, and and the. Um... What Jesus is talking about, or somebody is talking about in the Gospels, um, about why children will be the ones to be the first in the in in the in heaven is because not because they're innocent and well, children aren't really innocent. They cry, they're angry, and they they want. <laughs> I I I maybe. Well, maybe you're, you, they are more innocent, but I would make another point, which is that um, children are more accepting of help. Like, if you don't help uh, children, then they will die. And 
us adults, uh, adults st uh, tend to think and they have to think that uh, I can provide for myself so I don't need anybody else. So I don't need God to to take care of me and so I don't need to um, to what is the word to bow down to anybody else because I don't need their help and that's why should we be, strive to be more like children because children know they're helpless and that's why they they are ready to bow down to God because they they understand the situation they're in that they couldn't they couldn't be alive if there wasn't somebody to help them. Yeah, well, if if they bow down to religion and God, well, that would be that would be blindness and not for any intrinsic value as such. They're just following blind religion and they do not understand the in, in and out of it. Sure, yeah, at, as in the same way as children uh, believe their parents um, blindly. And, um, of course, uh, we are, uh, adults are not as ignorant in the way that our children are very, very eager to trust. But th then there is the idea that we should strive for that. Well, you know, there yeah, is exactly. That's what happens. You start to lose the blinds of your eyes and children then when start to question religion and then they become realistic and atheistic at some point of the life. and. And the purpose of life maybe is to regain your childhood innocence and not lose your sanity at the same time. That is even. Well, it's interesting that you, you you guys pointed out that whole getting help and whether it's blind blind blindness or whatever. Because you know, just in ENF, right? Uh, Zosima is criticizing um, these so-called scientists, these upperclassmen for being skeptic and so maybe maybe he's counter maybe so right so first he criticizes uh it, there's a very uh very coherent storyline to it first he criticizes the skeptic uh, upperclassmen then he uh counters that with like okay so uh who who should we who should we be like right and so now he's countering it with the children so now he's getting into the solution of his problem. He presented the problem, which is the upperclassmen, who are very skeptical. And now he's getting into the children. And he is saying that we should love the children uh, because they are without sin. And and that really, if you look into the context of how he was just criticizing the uh, science skeptical people before, it makes real sense, I think. Yeah, sure. In in yeah, in that uh, first of all, they're skeptical, but um, and and at, at the same time, they're they think that they've got it all figured. out. Right. Exactly. So, uh, hold on, man. I, you know, I I really hate push to talk. I'm, uh, but anyways, so do do you guys have anything else to say for? Do you guys have anything else to say for point F?
yeah i i don't remember it clearly i mean i got cut out in the middle as well so what is father zuzima saying like he's saying that we should be like children <clears throat> yeah sort of um augustine pointed out the fact that uh, children are more willing to uh trust their authorities and then while adults are not and then we're like oh well if that's true then it's very um it's very similar to the fact that the skeptical upperclassmen are uh not very able to trust their uh trust the sorting they're trying to create their own uh set of solutions right because if you're upperclassmen then that means that implies that you uh you made the money now you're self sufficient kind of like adults so yeah that's the, so yeah uh that's basically what we're talking about how we should be like children because you know children are still uh children are still uh believing in their authorities and Zosima saying we should as well uh in in this case is authority being god yeah, okay without uh, uh, without uh, the quest for val- uh, validation or something like that i guess yeah i i sort of agree yeah yeah and sorry that was part g sorry yeah we were talking on part g that was the children part Um do you guys have anything final words to say on part G? Or right, I'm going to take that as a no. Cool. Um Now, now what we so we we just talked about uh loving our children. And then now part H comes down to uh judging, right? Can a man judge his fellow men? And you know, right off the bat, Zosima says, "Above all, remember that you cannot be anyone's judge. No man on earth can judge a criminal until he understands that he himself is just as guilty as the man standing before him and that he may be more responsible than anyone else for the crime." What does this mean? Augustine, I think you're the most uh um informant I- I- informed on this matter. What do they mean when they say you can't be you can't you can't judge anyone and that only God can judge? What does that mean? Well, it makes me of course think of the pa- uh, of the parable uh, that Jesus tells about like take the log out of your ha- out of your eye before you go and take take a small small piece of wood out of your brother's eye uh meaning that you, yeah you should not be so quick to judge others because you are the, you're guilty as well and um that's that's an interesting idea about how we are all guilty for everyone's sins and 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 um and that my may be quite strictly uh, orthodox ideas i is the point in which like we are all all sinners so so yeah we don't we, we need to accept that before we can go and say oh you shouldn't have done that when you know perfectly well that you are very much uh, prone to that you could be very much prone to that same sin yourself 
Okay, well, that's very weird because, you know, when you judge someone, that's, um, okay, so you just said that you cannot judge because you're very, because you're very, because, uh, you're very capable of doing the same thing that you're judging, but it's weird because you, um, to be able to, how do I say? Being judgmental helps you know that you shouldn't do it, though. If that makes sense. When yeah, see, exactly. Yeah, when you see something and you respond negatively to it, that's when you're saying, oh, I don't want that to happen. So you can't... If you are not the judge, then you are more capable of doing the act that you are... Um, that you would otherwise be judging. And if Zosima is saying that, oh, to judge and to judge the other person's act is such a big deal, then that kind of implies that the that the act is something that's negative. And if we cannot judge it, if we cannot conceptualize that it is a bad thing, then that just makes us more likely to commit the act. Do you do you guys get my train of thought process here? Exactly. Yeah, but uh, um, it's not. Uh, oh, somebody else wanted to say something. No, no, you you go ahead. I'll 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 get on it. Later. Sure, that's that's not what he's talking about. Well, I'm I I I think that that's not what he's talking about. Um, rather, it's that, of course, we should uh, recognize the things that you shouldn't do. But that's not the same thing as going and saying to someone, you're less worthy because you did this and that. You don't need to condone the actions of someone when you go and say to them, you're still as worthy of a pr pr person even if you did that. Do you understand? And and under all of that is the idea to have sinned. And it doesn't matter if I haven't killed a person, I'm still sinful because I'm uh, I have done other things that are, it's not like, oh, he has killed somebody, so he's not worthy of living, uh, but I am, even though I have also done bad things, but maybe not as bad in, in people's eyes. Well, that is a mutual process of learning, where you point out the negative details and actions of others, and you learn, and in the same process, the other person learns of their own actions, and you need other, you need uh, another source of opinion for you to justify your actions because if there's nobody to tell you that you're wrong, you want to keep going down on the same path. Well, Sonia is the person in Raskol in Crime and Punishment who tells that Raskol is wrong and that he can redeem himself to be a good person. Well, if Sonia hadn't judged Raskolnikov then, Raskolnikov would still be going down the same path and he would have killed God knows how many other persons as how many other persons does he could? Well, not that's not really true. So uh, Raskolnikov only um, confessed to Sonia in the pl first place because he knew that she wouldn't judge him. Um, because he thought that she was as sinful as he was, uh, given that he, uh, she was a prostitute, even though that was quite different of a sin. And... Well, the thought is that, well, Rascol 
Raskolnikov knew that he in some sense and that's kind of the whole point of the book that like you don't need to wait for your punishment uh, from the police to know that you're guilty like you, you know that you're guilty but it doesn't it, in those moments it, it rather helps you more that there is someone there to say uh, you did this bad thing but you can come and apologize and live uh, and live a better life after that than just come to you and say oh you're such a bad person because you know that yourself no 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 that's not what judging means well if for example Sonia would have complied every, to what everything Raskolnikov would have done well she's she wasn't being a judge she wasn't judging him as a person Judging doesn't necessarily mean pointing out the other person's negativity and condoning them for that. She listened to him and she judged uh, Raskolnikov's action based on what good and evil she knew. She told him that he wasn't the worst part possible and that, <clears throat> and that he has to change for uh, redeeming himself of all the sins that he had done. But so in fact, she was a judge there. If she did not judge him, then uh, she would have complied to everything that he would have done. And that did not happen. Yeah, Lamp, are, are you basically saying that to know, to have a conception of right from wrong, you have to judge? Yo, yo. You there? Uh huh. Yeah. Are yeah, yeah. Are you basically saying that to know right from wrong, you have to be able to judge? Well, that's the whole point of it, right? To point yeah. out other people's misdemeanors and ill actions and to learn from it and make them teach about their mistakes so that they won't do it mm -hmm. again. Well, there's yeah. a moral guidebook. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Augustine, but when you're saying August, you're arguing that Augustine, that judging in this context is less about pointing out if something is wrong or right, but more about damning that person and uh, condemning that it's 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 a very gray line there because to because um so are 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 you saying that to judges to in this context to judges to you know harshly uh like treat them as any less of a being because you're ex so you would excommunicate them you would um is that what you're saying uh, well partly well well, no, you no, tried no, to change I, I, them at the I was, beginning. I was asking Augustine because I know what you said, Lamp, because we already um, cleared that up. So so I just wanted to get to the bottom of this. So Lamp, you said that um, uh, to know right from wrong, you have to judge. And then Augustine, are you saying that judging is more of a severe thing where you're con harshly condemning the person? Well, in the classical sense, that seems to be what it means. Like, if the goal is to be virtuous, like, and, and that's what judging does, and that's what you talked about, about like, okay, you can see how what that person did wrong, and you don't want to do it. You don't want to repeat that. Like, the goal is to for everybody to be virt virtuous, meaning not to do the bad things. But you know the bad things before you do them. I don't think, like... That's, it's, it's not that obscure as to what is a good thing to do uh, and what is a bad thing uh, to do for one to be judged for. You, you, know, you know that. You know that yourself. And, and, and yes, uh, if you judge somebody, 
everybody that you condemn them as being less virtuous. I think that's that seems to me to be the definition, at least the bi- biblical definition that Father Zosima is talking about. Yeah, so Lamp, just to clarify, I think the line is drawn between um, are you saying that it's a bad thing, which is your understanding of judging, and then from that, are you concluding that he is a bad person, which is what Augustine is saying. Would that be correct, Augustine and Lamp? Oh, well, uh, uh, like what was this exactly she was telling us? You shouldn't judge somebody, and if you judge them, well, who is there to point out that the person is doing wrong? Well, Raskolnikov clearly knew that murdering is wrong. Well, even a five-year-old knows that. Then why the hell did he go up on committing that deed? It was not like, it was not the, uh, what do you say? Uh, it, was not, it was not condemned at that instant. He planned the murder and he performed it, even though completely knowing that he was uh, doing it wrong. And then why did he do that? He did it because he he saw himself as, as above morality. And his condemn and his punishment, it wasn't from the fact that he his punishment wasn't because he acted as if he was above morality. No, it was because he couldn't bear the fact that he was above morality. So it has nothing to do with the fact that what he did he knew was evil. Because evil is subjective, at least as I see it, right? And if if he thought one, if he thought that it was a good thing to do, he would have never been uh, self-punishing. Number two, if he knew that it was evil but he didn't care, then he would have never been uh, self-punishing. The punishment came from the fact that he knew it was evil, but he more importantly he knew that he realized that he can't bear it. He can't bear the fact that it is evil. No, like let's take this point of view. Let's say that Raskolnikov meets Sonia before he commits the murder. Well, what if to say that Sonia tells him otherwise that doing such stuff is against the law, against the law of the gospel, and he, he, he she would have judged it. him at the same, change him. So two people who are murdered for no reason would be alive to see the day of light. What do you say about that? Well, even if Sonia had told him. If had Sonia told Rashkonikov before the murder, he would have gone and murdered. I strongly believe that he wouldn't have, because he needed somebody to tell, to tell no. and talk sense into him. He was delirious. People have been, yes, by people. Ha- he he was like, bro. He was a grown ass man. Okay, it's very it's very improbable that no one would have told him that murdering is wrong. He probably knew what what see this is where the whole Napoleon complex comes in because the Napoleon complex is when you know that something is wrong or you know that the whole entire group of people thinks X and you do Y just to defy them. That's what the Napoleon complex is and that's what he had. He wanted to be another Napoleon. He says so himself. So had Sonia um, told him that murder is wrong then um, he would have still uh, committed the crime. And had after the crime, Sonia only told him that murder is wrong, he would not have been saved. What saved um, uh, Rashkornikov wasn't the fact that Sonia told him that murder is wrong, but the fact that he, but the fact that Sonia showed uh, Rashkornikov God. Oh yeah, well, if he would have been corrected then and there, and he would have gotten a clear conception as to 
what God is and what good and evil is really than go beyond these stupid ideologies of becoming a Napoleon, as say. Well, even he knew that killing is wrong, but he did not know that it was all for, he thought that it's all going to be for the greater good of humanity, just like what the communists of Russia thought. Well, if she would have banged some sense into his head, well, maybe those two people would have been alive. That's what I mean. It's very unlikely that he could have, she could have talked sense into it because uh, this is something that we talked about at the beginning of the episode, right? Where, like, me and Augustine were like, okay, are you believing something because you need to believe it? Or do you need to believe it and then you, you happen to believe in it, right? Raskolnikov was in a state where he did not have to believe in God before, before, and before the murder. After the murder, he did not have the capability to, uh, with, to stand up uh, by himself. That is why he had to believe in it. So, has Sonia talked, introduced God to Raskolnikov before the murder, he probably would not have believed in it. Because he was not in a position where he was inclined to believe it. He, he had no predisposition to believe it. Yeah, that's yeah, a fair point as well. Yeah, his family was, his mother uh, was a, as a Orthodox Christian and probably his sister as well. So, yeah, it's not like he didn't know the ideas before. He rejected them. Oh, well, if he would have been told before the murder that he could improve his life from what Reggie was living in and what shithole of a place that he was living in, that garret of the place that he called home, well, then she would have, if she would have told him to go on an exponential trajectory upwards in, into believing God and have belief in himself, he would have improved his life and to see the greater good in himself. Yeah, so, like, basically, in conclusion, um, yeah, so, okay, if I understand you correctly, you're saying that Sonia had to talk to, had Sonia talked sense into him, he would not have done the crime. I'm saying he probably would have, because he was not in a state of position where he could have been talked into. Or talked out of committing the murder because he he didn't commit the murder yet. Until that point, he was convinced that he could get he could commit the murder and get away with it. Once he realized that he can't get away with it, he has no one to trust, right? Because he trusted himself. He trusted himself and said, "Okay, well, I I could probably get away with the murder." He couldn't. He has no one to trust now. So he goes to Sonia and says, "Well, Sonia," and Sonia says, "Well, there's this guy called God. Had he met God before the murder, Rashkarnikov probably would not have." Um, trusted God because Rashkarnikov still had faith in himself. After the murder, he does not have faith in himself. That's why he needs God, is basically my stance. Did that... Yeah, that's correct too, but yeah. his will and courage is as plain as that of a wall of sand, as I'd like to say, because he just reads a book and then goes on to murder somebody. And well, if she would have crumbled the wall of sand to a flatling, well, he wouldn't have done that. Well, that's what I believe in. He just needed someone to talk to and get some sense into his head and maybe believe in the virtues of the gospel as to the propensities of and propensities and the limits of good and evil and a clear distinction between them. No, no, no. Um, um, yes, but even my point is, even if someone had talked sense into him, 
even if someone had d- distinguished good and evil, even if someone showed him the gospel, none of that would register in Rashkarnikov. Yes, because he was willfully blind. He need he needed to have a transformation in him. Well, we do not know. He might have, he might not have, but the one one point is clear, but if she would have talked to him, that means she was judging him. That means that she believes for the greater good in him. And so he would improve and she would have improved and so it would have been a good thing to judge than to not judge and let him go go away with that murder and commit the deed. Well that's what I'm telling. Yes, and so now that you bring up judging, right, so from my understanding there is a uh you know how uh, words they change meanings, right? So, um, so while we can understand judging as no, or um, um, how do you say? Uh, pointing out that the person is doing a wrong thing. Um, from what I understand, if we take Augustine as the authority here, um, because you know she's a Christian and this is a very Christian book, then. Um, then judging is more about condemning the person, right? It's not about condemning, it's about condemning the back, but it's more about condemning the person. Now, if Lamp, you are correct, then yes, Zosima makes no sense because you cannot judge someone if you do not know right from wrong. However, if Augustine is correct, then that means that you can know right from wrong and then refrain from condemning the person. Now, I don't know which judge, which definition of judgment is correct. I am not familiar but we can entertain both definitions that doesn't play along with it, right? We can entertain. We can say, okay, well, if Lamp is uh, correct, then Zosima's definitely out of whack here. If Augustine is correct, then, well, you know, Zosima might have a point, even though I would counter that by saying, I don't think it's too harmful in condemning someone as a bad person. Exactly. It's not like they're going to kill themselves if you tell that they're doing something wrong. Maybe yeah. there's, it outweighs the badness it does to them in the short term so that they might improve their life in the long term you know there's something very um almost i don't want to say selfish about this whole idea that you can't judge someone because Osima is saying that uh you can't judge someone because you're just as bad as them technic sort of in theory right um not in practice but in theory which, which is saying that you can't judge someone for your own sake, right? You can't point out that the person is wrong for, the, your, for your own sake. Which, there's a very self-centeredness to it. Um, I don't know what you guys have to say about that, though. Yeah, yeah, I get where you're coming from. Well, I, I don't know why we have such a uh, misunderstanding here. Um, you can't judge someone because you're not any better than them. Well, does not does not that make sense? Like, um, well, yeah. What right do you have to condemn somebody else uh, if you're just as bad as them? And if maybe you need some more explanation as to why 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 do we think that we're as bad as a murderer? For example, is is that well in the Bible it is said that that you know if you think bad about like. There's the Ten Commandments, and one of the commandments is to not kill anybody else. But one of the commandments is to not uh, not covet, not want something that somebody else has. So, and these both, and if you have, then you're 
as bad as a murderer. Right. In, yeah. In, so, so that's in not in theory, but in practice. But the, that... if we're talking about how, uh, yeah, how biblical doctrine goes. I mean, but that kind of goes into my point, right? Why? Okay, so uh, what did you say? Covet, or something about? Covet. Well, is, is that is that not the word to want something that somebody else? Yeah, has? yeah, yeah. Okay. Why? Why is it wrong to want something that someone else has? You're not great, but you're given. Exactly. So it's they're writing it for your own sake. That's that's the selfishness that I'm talking about, right? Which is a contradict? Like they're saying, oh, you can't, um, you can't uh, want desire what other people have because you don't, you're not uh, worthy of it. So, is they're not even saying, oh, you can't what like, like logically, one would say you can't what you're not out of uh, desire what other people have because it's theirs. But no, no, no. Zosima is saying that you can't, or the Ten Commandments are saying that you can't have, you can't desire what other people have because of who you are, and they pay no attention to the fact that other people own it, right? And that's very, and you know, if 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 they if they um preached selfishness from the beginning, that's fine. Then it makes logical, then it makes uh some honesty there, but but then. It's it it's a paradox because Zosim is talking about unity, brotherhood, collectivism, all that, and I don't see a collectivism when you say that. Oh, you're not out of desire what other people have because of who you are. When really, if you were talking about unity and brotherhood, then you'd be saying you're not out of desire what other people have because it is theirs. It's something that they have. It's it's what they own, um, and you, you know. That was just an example. I don't really, I, I don't really understand your point about coveting. It and and if we want to, my point was really like that minor thing that we all do, like want some something that somebody else has, or what's another commandment? Um, well, uh, not to put anybody uh, higher than God is. That's one of the first commandments. So not to hold anybody else in higher esteem than God, than you hold God. And of course, we are all guilty of that, even Christians who should hold to that. Um, so in that, it is so easy to break the commandments in that we all do it. It's in the Bible. There's, nobody is just not one person except, okay, Jesus. Um, so then we should not judge because you're, you know, so this one uh, thing whether you murder somebody or not does not you make you eligible to be uh, a judge in that you're not God because only God can judge. Yeah, in yeah. And my and my point is the only times when uh, they are expressing the other is when they talk about Jesus because they say Jesus is good and great and all that. That's why you can't have him. That's why you can't have anyone higher. But then all the other all the other uh, instances, they're saying that um, you can't do this because of who you are. You can't do that because who you are. You can't do X Y Z because you who you are. You can't judge because who you are. You know, and I think that's very that's a very self centered way to look at it. Uh, they should say, you know, if if they're really talking about unity and brotherhood, then they should say uh, you can't do. You can't judge because it breaks the communal bond. You can't do this because it make 
it breaks the relationships you have with each other. You can't do this because um, society is uh, dependent on that, all right? Collective society is dependent on that, right? And then, okay, but then you have to then real, uh, think, think for a second, okay, well, why is it wrong if society breaks down? Well, if society broke down, but then you got away with it, no one would probably find it a problem. Meaning that when Zosima preaches unity and brotherhood, they're preaching it for the sake of each individual person because each individual person is dependent on society, right? If people weren't dependent on society, no one would care if society broke down. Which means that the whole, the whole notion of preserving society is rooted in selfishness. The point is that it's very hypocritical that Zosima is preaching unity and brotherhood when he's preaching it out of a selfishness. Yeah, well, it takes great courage to judge somebody. And I don't know if you all are familiar with Alexander Solzhenitsyn and the Gulag Archipelago. Well, the entire book in three parts, he's, it's just his whole rant about communism and his point of view as to what it is. Well, that book, let me say, destroyed communism in Russia, yeah, in no, Soviet no, but Russia. That, 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 that's, Without that's the use of nuclear weapons. Yeah, yeah, but that's off tangent to what my point, though. My, my point isn't, um, is collectivism good or bad? My point is, if you want to preach collectivism, then you have to get rid of any sense of selfishness. And I don't see Zosima doing that. I don't see anybody doing that. Because if if you really wanted to um, te preach collectivism, then you have to put yourself in a position where you do not benefit at all. And the whole reason why um, Zosima is complaining about the breakdown of a uh, communal bond is because it is bad for each individual person it is it isn't bad for the society it is more so bad for the constituents of society which makes it a very selfish thing to do yes exactly if you have a clear cut different concepts of good and evil and well it's your right and it's your duty to point out when injustice is being served out right in front of your eye well, that's what constitutes your freedom to speak and your ability to judge. It's There's no sin about it. And moreover, it's a sin if you keep silent when something bad's happening in front of your eyes and you're silent about it. While we, we very well know that it's distinguishable from good and evil. Well, then if you just keep your mouth shut and if you respect that, ah, well, I'm not going to be a judge because the Bible says I shouldn't judge anybody. Then, Then God only knows. What's what's wrong with you? No, no. Okay, Lamp, we're we're talking about completely different things here, because. Um, but maybe, maybe I can I can elaborate if I said that we shouldn't be judging in that sense. Of course, there should. Of course, there's there are judges, and and of course you should punish people who are murderers. That's. Yeah, that's another sense of judging. But like Zosim is fa talking, talking to to these monks who are they don't really have anything to do with uh, with uh, uh, justice department or whatever. Yeah, of course we should condemn wrong actions and make people take responsibility. 
but we should not think that we're better than them. Those people. Yes, yes, we that's should... correct. That's correct. Yeah. Okay, uh, so I, I wanted to clarify that I don't think that there should be no okay. judgment in that sense. Just for the record, no, though. That's how you sounded for the first argument. Just for the record, um, uh, I do hope that you didn't understand my point as a, a critique on judgment. And good and evil. My whole point wasn't whether you have to uh, be silent or not, or whether you should judge or not in the face of what you consider evil. It is that it is something else differently entirely. I mean, if, if you guys still want to talk about judgment, sure we can. Uh, I just assumed that we moved on from that. Uh, if we didn't, then my apologies. Uh, do you guys have anything else to say about uh, judgment? No, 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 I, I think you're good. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say something about individualism. Are you, are you like, I'm coming back to what you said uh, later on. I mean, did you want to say that uh, Father Zazima is advocating some sort of uh, sacrifice, uh, sacrifice of uh, individual will to, so, I mean, collective will? I mean, I, oh, I yeah, don't know. Okay. I mean, all right. Now that you bring you it up, now, yeah. Now that you bring it up, okay. Now, now we really bury the topic okay. of judgment. I hope. Okay. I like now. I so just so we're on the same page, everyone. We're transitioning the topic to individualism and collectivism in the hypocrisy of Zosima. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. Why, we're yeah. no longer talking about judgment. Okay. Now, my yes. So Saniana, to explain my point to you, I am not saying that individualism is better. I am not saying that collectivism is better. I am saying that whenever someone advocates for collectivism, it is often the case that they are doing it for the for the benefit of either themselves or the benefit of the constituents of society, which then rebounds in benefiting themselves. So this isn't a talk about judgment. It's a talk about how when you advocate for collectivism, you're still selfish because you are. Um, because it is some because this collectivism is something that you need, right? It's something for you, which is why I pointed out the uh, hypocrisy in the commandments. Because you they're saying, oh, um, you shouldn't uh, covet what you shouldn't desire what other people have. Well, why are you, why why shouldn't you desire it, right? It all goes back to what's good for you, right? Oh, you shouldn't do X Y Z. Why you should why shouldn't you do that? It all goes back to what you do. So whenever you say, oh, we should all be happy. Oh, we, should, we shouldn't lie to each other. Oh, we shouldn't kill each other. Oh, we should be nice to each other. It's, it's because we as individuals cannot survive if we are not nice to each other. We cannot survive if we start killing each other. We cannot survive if we do what m many of us consider evil. Therefore, any talk on advocating for collectivism is a very selfish thing to do. And it's a, a dishonest thing, thing to do because a truly individualistic person who's honest will just say, okay, we need to be uh, individualistic here. But when Zosima says, oh, we need to uh, preach unity and brotherhood, right? Like he's a hypocrite because it's not that we have to preach brotherhood and unity. If, he can, if, if, if people could live a good life without unity and brotherhood, he wouldn't preach it. Therefore, there is nothing good about unity and brotherhood, right? What's good is the is what it does to each individual people, which then makes it selfish. Is is that confusing or is that understandable? Oh well, that was a bit wavy. 
Yeah, like my po- 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 point is there's I no such thing as selfishness. Everything you, you do is selfish. Okay, and so where are you getting with it? Where I'm getting with it is Zosima Zen is a hypocrite because he is not acknowledging the fact that when he preaches for collectivism, he is also being selfish. He is also being individualistic. Uh-huh. So why is he... He was aiming for the greater good, as far as I know. Well, in but, what but, sense is he selfish? But why is that greater good any good? Oh, well, we don't want to live in a chamber of hell, right? Ah, exactly. There you go. What's there you good go. for us? No, no, no. Lamp, lamp. There you go. You see, you just said we don't want to live in a chamber of hell. We, right? So when you when you fight for a greater good, it's something because we don't want to do X. Therefore, it is selfish. Well, how is we selfish? It refers to a whole bunch of people. It's yes. not only okay, about you. But, but, who, but is that something that you want, though? If, if you don't want, or is, you want that, what you want is for we to not live in a chamber of hell. Therefore, to put it in, to, for me to put myself in Zosima's shoes, if, if I were Zosima, my thought process would be I. I, individually, do not want we, collectively, to live in a chamber of hell. Therefore, I am selfish. This is what Zosima is not admitting. Uh-huh. Well, I'll go back to it because I don't know exactly what he said. But all I know is that he wanted everybody to have a good life. And I yes, thought that was, yes, that was exactly. a noble cause. You're right there. You're right there. He wants everyone to live a good life. Therefore, it's selfish. And well, how I, is that selfish? Because he, because, because that's so, something. If I want the betterment of hum, humanity, that is something that I want. If I didn't, okay. if I didn't want it, and then I still aim for the collective betterment of humanity, then then it gets iffy on whether I'm actually selfish. Well, I don't think so. That constitutes selfishness. Because selfishness is an egocentric point of view wherein you don't care for others, other people's feelings and emotions and you only think about yourself. Well, that is what selfish means. Yes, and the egocentrism is, is found in Zosima's desire for uh, collective uh, betterment of humanity. That's what, something that he wants. He selfishly wants it. And I am not saying that selfishness is bad. I'm not saying that Zosima is bad for being selfish, right? It's completely natural to want the betterment of humanity, and it's completely natural to preach what you want. It is completely natural to advocate what you want in life. I, what, I, what I have a problem with is the fact that he is not coming to terms with the fact that he's selfish. It's not the selfishness that I don't like. It's the fact that he is not coming to terms with that, and he is... He is presenting himself as his holier than thou. Oh, look how unselfish that I person I am. I want the unity and brotherhood of humanity. I want collective good. But he's forgetting that it's something that I want, right? I want unity and brotherhood. I want collective uh, betterment of humanity. Therefore, that I want is the root of his selfishness. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with being selfish. It's just that I would really much hope that he comes to terms with the fact that he is selfish. Yeah, he needs oh. to acknowledge it. That's what you mean, right? He yeah, he should have acknowledged it. Going, yeah, going forward, he should acknowledge that, yes, I'm selfish. I want it and you should abide by it. Ideally, right? That's what you're, what you're saying. 
Right, yes, exactly. He's overlooking the fact that no matter what you do, you're being selfish. And Zosima is presenting himself as someone... I mean, okay, he kind of admits that he's not better than anyone. So there you go, right? So you, you gotta you gotta give him slack for that, right? Because Zosima says himself that you know he's no better than anyone else. Okay, cool. All right, that still leaves that's great. That still leaves out the fact that um, uh, you see when you say when you say that you're not better than anyone else, that's great in so far as uh you point out that you're not perfect and you know you you are uh, just as imperfect as anyone else. Though you know um because I to me I think a good person is contextual. However, um, there is the, a trap that you fall into when you say that you're not perfect because then you overlook the specific imperfections of yourself, right? If you think that you are perfect and then you start doubting it, that's when you say, okay, um, is this characteristics perfect? Is this characteristics perfect? What about this? What about that? Is this, is this on par? Is this excellent? Is this uh, satisfactory, right? But when you just say, oh, you know, I'm no better than anyone else, then there, I think that there, you, you, you become at risk for not probing into who you are. Because you, then you might say, oh, uh, why should I look into who I am? Because I know that I'm not perfect. But then you overlook the imperfections that you have. Oh, well, partly he agrees that he's no better than the average human. Well, yes, there is humility in that. I, I pointed that, that out. There is humidity in that, and that's great. Clap, clap, clap. Way to go, Zosima. My point is, if you conclude, if you stick to the notion that you are imperfect, then that risks you overlooking your imperfections, paradoxically. Because you already, you, know know that you're, innovate. you already know that you're imperfect, so why look for the imperfections? Right? But if you don't well, know that you're imperfect, could. if you and always... When he says that I'm no better than you, maybe maybe he means that I'm incapable of looking at my imperfections. You maybe, know, who yeah, knows? Sure, what sure. You... Maybe, maybe not. You know, it's that, that that's a funny conjecture. Uh, it's not that just... Yes. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Maybe, uh, I'm maybe maybe as partially blind as you guys are. I mean, who knows? I mean, do you agree there? I don't know. I mean, it just struck me. Right. That's now. a very that's a very fair conjecture. That's you know what? Um, that's a, yeah yeah. I like that. Right. Maybe he's saying, uh, my imperfection lies in the fact that I don't know how imperfect I am. <laughs> exactly. I mean, even I'm incapable. I like maybe consciously there's some conscious level of right. uh, yeah, uh, yeah. knowing that I'm. Yeah, yeah, maybe consciously and subconsciously as well. If that's what Zosima meant, then I, I would like, I would have to hang out with him because he has a sense of humor for sure, for sure. <laughs> I, no, I thought that. I don't know maybe Zosima thought that or not. Maybe when you said that, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I, I went back to what he said and I thought maybe that that's what he's. Yeah. Okay. So we'll never know, but I would, but um. It's a fun, we'll never know, we'll never know the answer, but it was fun nonetheless questioning it. Um, I mean, you know what? Go, go ahead. No, please go on. No, please like, go on. Um, well, like I said, I was just going to say, we're going to move on to part I. Do you have anything else before we move on? So, it's it, you go ahead. I, I just feel, you know, I, I just feel when when we talked about, when, you know, Augustine pointed out uh, coveting and, you know, aspi aspirations, maybe, I don't know, Zosima uh, had a problem, didn't have a problem with people identifying what is a sin and what is not a sin. 
the problem in how people dealt with it maybe i that's where you know the question of isolation and social solidarity uh, you know sort of uh, stems from and uh, he he didn't believe he he didn't believe, he didn't want people to isolate uh, themselves from others uh, sin in a sense he didn't want them to uh, like judge he he wanted to be he wanted them to be a part of the sin by uh, by praying for mercy maybe i don't know yeah Yeah maybe maybe like i said with the other funny conjecture we'll never know sally right that's one of those uh, gray areas right but i would have to know i would have to know sally he dies in like a few pages so yeah we'll never know yeah. <laughs> because he also does that no for the murderer he does that he doesn't judge him yeah yeah so so i guess uh, because of different moral principles that we have We get to judge Josima, but Josima doesn't get to judge us, eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Poor Josima. Well, maybe he's judging us from a parallel universe. Who knows? After life. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So, uh, last part. Uh, do we have anything to say before we move on to part I? Well, I think there's a slight bit of hypocrisy there about Josima. the very fact that he's judging humanity that it's not everything that it could be and i think that is a paradoxical question because it can be viewed from a multitude of viewpoints yeah yeah we we kind of did okay so basically um as augustine pointed out right um judgment here doesn't mean pointing out wrong from right it means saying that humanity is bad for being doing the wrong things Yeah, but Zosima never says that anywhere explicitly. I know, I know he doesn't, but that's because when Dostoevsky wrote it, judgment was understood to be that way. So if I wrote, if I if I tell you hello, right? If I say to you hello, I don't have to explicitly say hello is a greeting that you you make upon uh, uh, meeting each other. Like I don't have to explain that to you because you know what hello means. So I think Dostoevsky uh, assumed that we know what judgment means because he wrote it in like the 1800s, and then as time went on, um, judgment probably uh, changed its meaning. So I don't think uh, he—that's probably why he didn't explicitly state what judgment means. Oh well, that's uh, that's fair enough. I think we can get on with that. Yeah. All right. Part I. Um, Paradise is pretty simple. It's a conclusion, right? So he talks about the uh, upperclassmen. He talks about why they're uh, bad, why those children are good, and why we can't judge the upperclassmen, why we can't judge the children. And then finally, he says, "All right, so uh, we can't. We we know who's bad and we know who's good, and what what do we do?" And well, his his idea is very simple, but his idea is very uh, um common. And well, as uh. Uh, I believe John Lennon said, uh, "Love is all we need," and that is Osima's uh, answer, right? And you know, when Ivan uh, talked about the Grand Inquisitor, right? Jesus Christ doesn't say anything back; he just kisses his, uh, the Grand Inquisitor. When Ivan tells um, uh, Alosha the story about the Grand Inquisitor, Alosha doesn't say anything; Alosha just kisses him back. And when Osima points out um, the. St- his his uh philosophy 
he says that love is all we need and i think that it's uh it's something that's uh illogical but in the sense that it's uh beyond our, our rationality right it's something a lot more intrinsic and i think that uh uh, he is saying that a uh, collective uh, mutual uh, love for everyone is what will solve uh, humanity's problem. Which, uh, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's like it is a bit utopianistic. But, uh, I mean, we, we, we got to do with what we, we got to make do with what we have because uh, uh, Zosima's, uh like I said, he's dead. And so he's not changing his mind now. So, yeah, what do you what do you guys make of the fact that uh, to Zosima? To Alosha, to Jesus Christ, to Dostoevsky, love is the answer. What do you guys make of that? Well, that's, uh, that's very good as to point out that if we love each other in so much as that we'll all be good and in a utopianistic face of meaning, well, that is more powerful and more developed than the ideology of a power hierarchy surging through the dominance, dominance hierarchy in that if you love each other and we're all equal, well, that is wrong. Well, if we are all equal, then there will be nothing left to pursue and everything will cease to have meaning. Well, when he says um, love each other, I don't think he is saying equalize the hierarchy. I'm saying love the people at the bottom of the hierarchy just as you would at the top of the hierarchy. Oh, well, why would you love the people at the bottom of the hierarchy for no reason? Well, you look, as he said... Only God can create love from nothing. And you're not God, so you shouldn't be able to love somebody for no reason. I mean, you know, I, I really wish Augustine was still here because I'm not the authority on their religion here. But um, if, I, if I'm correct here, um, Augustine, well, thankfully Augustine explained it to me earlier uh, in the past. But basically... As Augustine put it, um, everyone is equal under God, but no one is equal to each other, if that makes sense. So, which is convoluted because people are equal, people are equal to each other, but they're not in the superficial sense, right? Some are more rich, some are more poor, some are at the top of the hierarchy, some are not. But beyond the superficialities, they're all equal because they're all equal under God is what Augustine explained, how is how Augustine explains it to me. I hope I'm correct. I hope I'm uh, not um, strawmanning. But yes, so to answer your question, Lamp, no, no, no. Um, even if there is a, um, even if there are people at the bottom of hierarchy, there is still a reason to love them because they are still uh, children of God. Well, that's a very <clears throat> naive thing to say because only yeah, children well, love I'm somebody not disagreeing. at the bottom of the yeah, hierarchy. Yeah, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you there, man. Uh, like I, I think it's kind of whack too. I'm, I'm just saying that is how Dostoevsky uh, believes. No, I don't think so. Dostoevsky completely believes in that because he goes on to saying that in Notes from the Underground, if you remember, he says that happiness is expedient and for you to chase happiness is meaningless because when sadness comes in, you have nothing to hold on to and then you delve into a deeper despair and but love you is just love isn't the same as happiness though. Uh-huh. I didn't get you. Love isn't the same as happiness. Oh, well, then what is love then? It only 
creates a sense of happiness for you. It creates a sense of happiness. Eats. Yes. Okay. So, buddy, if 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 I if I eat food, I'm going to I'm gonna have to poo, but poo isn't food. Food creates hap poo. Poo doesn't create happiness. Food creates ha- uh, poo, but poo is not food. All right. Love creates happiness, but happiness is not love. It's a it's a uh, um. It's a consequences of happiness is a consequence of love, but happiness isn't love. Oh well, we can put it in this way. Well, what if you go on and love the street beggar that he's a homeless person? If everybody shows him love and happiness and congratulates him for being a poor beggar that he is, well, do you think he's going to improve and try to come up in the dominance hierarchy? Love isn't well, love. No. Love, yeah, but love isn't congratulations either. Well then, how would you love the beggar? You tell me that. Love, as I understand it, is a. Oh, compassion and pity. Yes, well, com- that, yes. that does him no good. I know, I know. I that's what I said. I'm not, um, I'm not disagreeing with you there. I am saying that that is what Dostoevsky believes. That no matter uh, where people are, no matter who people are, that you love them, that you show them compassion, that you show them kindness, that you show them um, empathy. That you show them uh, support, and yes, I agree with you because um, if they don't improve, then what good is that love, right? If they if they don't improve, what good is that love? If you hate them, if you show them hate and they improve, right? They, if they, if you show them hate and then that uh, motivates them to um, you know improve their lives, it motivates them to be happier, it motivates them to love themselves. And I think that's more productive, but that's not what Dostoevsky is saying. Dostoevsky is saying, love everyone. And you know what? We're going to have to take that as it is. We can disagree. We can criticize, just as I criticized Osima for like 50 minutes straight. But we cannot deny that that is what Dostoevsky is saying. We cannot deny that that's what Dostoevsky is saying. Because Dostoevsky, um, by the time he wrote Brothers Karamazov, he was not a, a egalitarian. When he was a socialist, he was an egalitarian. But, th- but then he realized that we can't... We can't achieve the egalitarian uh, utopia that we all dream of, and that we have to. We have no choice but to love the uh, inequality. Oh well, uh, the brothers Karamazov being written in it was published in eighteen eighty. That was the time of his death. Well, it's his masterpiece, and it's <clears throat> intrinsically where a lot of thought went into it because that's the book which he took around two years to write. Well, so I think it's what he's meaning there is loving everybody's better than hating everybody. I think that is what he's coming to. Yeah, I know that that's that's what I just said, that love is better than hate. We are just pointing out that it might not do much. Um, and I think Dostoevsky knows that it might not do much, but he does not have faith in trying to equalize the hierarchy. Uh, you know, maybe maybe love. Uh, I mean, it, it it allows you to see people even at the bottom of your hierarchy uh, from a place of I don't know. I mean, not equality. I mean, maybe not uh, wanting to influence them. Maybe I mean that's what I don't know. I mean, it's sort of a bit lopsided. Oh well, hate is something which stems from the communistic side of you and <clears throat> punishing everybody who don't. Uh, follow your doctrine or something like that. Hate well, doesn't stem from that. That's hate 
Maybe no, love. That's hate. That's yes, evil. but it doesn't stem from communism, bro. You. No, 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 I just gave an example like yeah, that. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Like whatever they did there. It's a. It's Maybe a, love love people from a place where you don't see them differently and act. I mean, I don't know. Maybe not trying to overpower them. Maybe. There That's what go. you mean. Just, yeah. just, yeah, just enough, you, uh, just enough yeah. comfort. Yeah, Sanyani, I agree with you there. Right? It's, it's the acknowledgement that people are different. It's the acknowledgement that people are not the same from you. That they don't follow you. Uh, some are uh, trying to. Some are utopian. Some are pessimistic. Some are optimistic. But you love them regardless. That's what Dostoevsky is saying. I think. Yeah, maybe we can we can coexist. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. some there's yeah. some promise of peace there. I, I wouldn't go so maybe. far as to coexist. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe that's what Dostoevsky is hoping that we all love each other and we all coexist. But you know, he wasn't, you know, for for all his utopian uh, sentiments on love. Uh, we know that Dostoevsky was very anti-utopian. He didn't support this idea of uh, utopia. So maybe, maybe he's saying, you know, so it's very it's very confusing, to say the least. Well, there's more to it than we think because this is his last work. I'm specifying on it, and it may seem superficial and shallow at uh, introspecting it from this point of view. Where maybe there's more to it than we think it is. And mind, Dostoevsky was no fool. Yeah. Maybe embracing differences, uh, differences, and this move, go ahead. I mean, go uh, move on. Yeah, I mean, Lamp, you said that there's more to it. And I, I'm definitely on board with you there, right? Because when you say there's more to it, that that implies that there are things that we cannot understand, and that is what Dostoevsky was all about, right, Lamp? Right. So I agree with you there, right? Yeah. That is what Dostoevsky was all, was all about. That we as humans cannot understand with the rationality that we have, we cannot understand, and therefore Dostoevsky's uh, advocating that we strive towards a more a divine form of love, right? Something that's beyond our understanding, but we all but we all strive to aim for, and in that, and if we ever uh, reach that aim, then God knows what happens. God knows what kind of society uh, is constructed. Uh, would it have the world that Dostoevsky wants? Maybe. Yeah, but it gets us closer to that if we preach what he says. Well, we have to try it out because. We don't know anything about it as of now. There's, there's just not enough data about it. Yeah, no, we, we don't know anything about it now. Um, and Dostoevsky is saying that we never will. It's because we are human and we... we and Dostoevsky is pointing out that we don't have the capacity to ever know. We can only hope to know and we can only hope to go in that direction. Yeah, I mean, hope is enough for us to get going and to live a meaningful life, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, even Father Zuzima says, you know, the earth holds mysteries uh, which we'll never be able to fathom. Even I think he says that. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a... It's something unfathomable. It's like an asymptote, you know? Like, you're trying to go for the x-axis, You'll never get there, but you're you're trying nonetheless. Yes, I I, I like what uh, Lamp said here. I mean, uh, it's a lot about hope. I think maybe 
maybe hope better than violence what what if there is no love there is no violence i mean people i mean we we saw all that we read all that i went complaining that uh, we animals are artless and uh, humans are uh, growing more crafty with their crimes which is like horrible yeah so imagine what would happen if everybody allowed each other and there would be no room for evil <laughs> at all then then there's no meaning yeah. basically because you're just exactly. eating cakes and contenting yourself with it like uh, the underground man says yeah maybe relying on something better but not the best of course i mean nobody knows what the best is yeah pretty much uh we are uh, wrapping up here because we are past the 2 hour mark uh but i i like the conversation that we had do you guys have any uh topics that you would like to resolve before we end up nah not much I will see we'll continue in the next uh, upcoming yeah, classes. Right. What about you Saniani? No, I guess I'm pretty much done. I mean, I I I am yeah, new horizons and well to explore. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much sorted. All right. Good talk, man. I'll see you next episode. Yeah. All right. So that basically uh sums up my sums up the uh, episode. Uh, if you did, as you could probably notice, after the one-hour mark, uh, my original recording went into play, went into action. So now this is my new record. This is my new, new recording. So yes, after the original, after the one-hour mark, my original recording went into play, and now this is my, uh, uh, this is my new one. Man, it took me, man, it took me two hours to do that. So yeah, I uh, hope you enjoy. The playlist is probably going to be in the uh, sidebar, um, or you know, if you ju- you could just go to the room, my playlist on my channel, uh, I'll have the uh, Brothers Karmas of uh, playlist there. So yeah. Um. Anyways. Uh. Uh. Yeah. Um. Like subscribe. I guess. Cool. Cool. Uh. See ya.